Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, and lying in a manger. O come, let us adore him. So now let us bow humbly in awe before him, confessing our sins. O Lord our God, we come before you as poor sinful beings. We confess that we are without excuse, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. But because of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who was born to save us, and lived perfectly for us, and suffered and died as the atoning sacrifice for all mankind. Have mercy upon us, and forgive us all our sins. Amen. The gift of God to you on this Christmas day is the forgiveness you desire through his gift to the world, his Son, Jesus Christ. And thus the angel said, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins as is called and ordained servant, and in his stead and by his command. I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation, he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the hands of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. 
break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, oh Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, oh Lord, Lord have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, oh Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks. We praise you for your glory, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of our Father, Lord God, Lord of God, you who take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, receive our for you alone are the mighty one. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father of Grant, Almighty God, that the birth of your only begotten Son in human flesh may set us free from our sins, that we who joyfully worship him as our Savior may behold him in glory as he reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The readings of Holy Scripture for this Christmas Day, the Old Testament lesson, the 52nd chapter of the prophet Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Hark, your watchmen lift up their voice, and together they sing for joy. 
For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle lesson from the first chapter of Hebrews. In many and various ways God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He reflects the glory of God and he bears the very stamp of his nature, upholding the universe by his word of power. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has obtained is more excellent than theirs. For to what angel did God ever say, Thou art my son? Today I have begotten thee. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire. But of the Son, he says, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The righteous scepter is the scepter of thy kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who has at the Father's side, he has made him known. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to Confess with me our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not me, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
first chapter of the Gospel of St. John. You heard it read earlier, our sermon text for this Christmas day. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear friends in Christ, on this Christmas Day, perhaps you've heard it said a hundred wonderful times already this year that it's the most wonderful time of the year. And indeed, it is a commonly held sentiment. It is a wonderful time of the year. But each year seems to confirm another widely held sentiment. It's also the most busiest time of the year. And I know that that's not the King's English. It's not grammatically on the spot, but perhaps it goes to emphasize how frantic and how frenzied the nature of these particular days can be. No matter to which degree and to what extent you're engaged with it all, because it is the special time of the year that it is for us all, to that particular degree we'd probably all say and admit, indeed say that it takes a little bit extra, perhaps it takes a lot extra, to do what it takes to do Christmas right. For many, there are lists to check and to recheck. There are Christmas cards to prepare and to send. Reconnaissance missions to the shopping mall. Operation 11th Hour Sorties to fly, search and rescue for those last-minute and almost forgotten things. And the overly crowded calendars certainly won't let us forget that there are school functions for which to carve out, if possible, yet carve out a bit of extra holiday time, certainly meals to coordinate and generate, perhaps because it's his first Christmas, or for them, that couple, a, a very special Christmas. You want to get it just right, and perhaps because it well could be, and everyone at the table knows that her last Christmas you want to make it right. You want to do what it takes to get it right. There are even websites now. Websites that offer help to the overwhelmed. One that's entitled, that's called Christmas Checklists and Organizing Tips includes a 30-day Christmas countdown calendar. It includes five one-minute holiday stress solutions for busy moms in a how-to section on how to simplify the season to make it your happiest Christmas ever. Another site has a banner that reads, Are you overbooked? Are you overbooked or are you overstressed and out of Christmas joy? Then let the Christmas coach help. When all is said and all is done, for many it takes a lot to do Christmas. Sometimes, with all the holiday hurry and hustle, it can be easy to miss what Christmas really takes. Important as all those Christmas extras are, and they are in celebrating the, the special occasion the way that we would and the way that we want to, the way that we will, still. They still are and they always will be the Christmas extras. It can be easy to miss what Christmas really takes. By and large, the world missed it in those days, as St. Luke writes, when it, Christmas, did come to pass. Now, well, granted, it was because of a more secular occasion. In this case, it was the census 
decreed by Caesar Augustus still. Nonetheless, in in those days of that first Christmas, there was no lack of hustle and, and hurry and bustle in Bethlehem and beyond, not at all. The highways were then as they are now. The highways were busy with people going home, returning to their hometown. On front porches, if you will, sizing up their sprouting children and grandchildren as they arrived, as they met them at the front door. Don't you think there were parents and grandparents then, as they do now, that marvel at how their little ones had grown since the last time they'd seen them? Special meals, of course, would have been prepared because the whole family happened to be in town for this special event. No doubt there was a lot to catch up on. A lot of catching up to do. How was little Joshua doing in his school? When was it that cousin Miriam was to be married? Lives were then as lives are now. Lives busy with the business of life. And yet, underneath it all, in those sacred, anonymous hours of that night in an unmarked stable with beasts, Beasts, the only audience for such a privileged and high occasion as this. Underneath the business of it all, the face of God was first unveiled to the world he came to save. The Christ of Christmas was born. By and large, the world missed it then. By and large, the world still does. Christmas after Christmas, indeed even week after week, the one and only of its kind light of men shines in the darkness of a sin-darkened world. But like busy Bethlehem on that special night, the spiritual darkness of natural man does not, as John wrote, comprehend it, does not understand it, does not recognize it, but it misses it. knowing that the extras would always compete with what Christmas really takes, how it must have saddened John to pen what he penned. And you heard what he said earlier. He was in the world. That's that's Christmas talk. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. It missed him. Missed his coming, missed his dwelling, missed the blessing that came with his coming. And because man didn't naturally know him, still doesn't naturally know him, he couldn't then and he can't now know why it was that he had to come. God knows of all people, if anyone should know, God himself should know why he came. And he tells us in his word exactly why. He came well before Christmas trees and all the other extras were commonplace. Before Christ, the first Christmas sapling sprouted from the shoot of the stump as a shoot from the stump of Jesse's. There was another tree, another tree that would leave its mark on the world. It wasn't the tree's fault, though. Adam and Eve were dazzled by the fruited adornments of this particular tree, but from it they were not to take and eat. So said their father, God. But they did. And from thenceforth, their posterity would then follow in the fatal footsteps of, the, of those parental, 
pioneers into sin's peril. And so as Adam and Eve would taste of death, so would their children's children. And as they'd naturally do what's wrong before God, so would their children's children's children. So that even to this very day, naturally, children, when instructed not to take and touch the dazzling ornament on the tree, they do it. Sin begets sin. Sinners beget sinners. Sin, a terrible and eternally deadly condition, separating man from God, from life, affecting and infecting every member of every household, every corner of every household, of every person and household that ever has existed, that ever hoisted a Christmas tree, and everyone that never did. Now, it's not that man doesn't intuitively, to some degree, and instinctively know that something's not right in a way our annual holiday time greetings confirm the reality of sin in the world. It's confirmed in the secular general wishes that are borrowed from Scripture but divorced from Christ when wishes are shared of peace on earth. It confirms the sin that's that's in the world. We we share greetings of peace on earth because people know that normally and naturally there's conflict between nations, households, husbands and wives. Goodwill toward men. Isn't it encouraged in these Christmas days? Because night after night on the news it's evident that that's not what we normally will toward one another. Each day reveals anew why he had to come. Problem is, though, mankind tends to think that that he can self-provide the peace that's missing in our world. He insists that if there's to be peace on earth, it should begin here with me. If If there's to be peace with God and therefore peace among men, it should begin here with me. It's not a new idea. In fact, John told of it. You could say because things don't change, that he foretold of it in the gospel reading today. When he said, if there's to be peace with God and therefore peace among men, he said that it's not of blood. Remember what he said? It's not of blood. As if a certain race of men isn't yet part of the sin-stained human race. It's not of blood. It's not of the will of flesh. As if a single fallen, a man of the fallen condition of himself could be so determined that he could orchestrate and deliver peace to the world. It's not of blood. It's not of the will of flesh. It's not of the will of man in general, as if collective man could achieve it collaboratively. Through the greatest international councils that existed, no. John tells us, no. Not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, none of these. None of these has what it takes to right the wrong of a fallen human race. It took God. The only God there is. Him who was existent already in the beginning. Him through whom was made all that was made. It took the eternal word of the everlasting Father, the blessed second person of the Holy Trinity. The one who conducts the cosmos. Who enables every breath that's drawn to be drawn and every heart beat to beat. It took him to become intimately involved with us. 
know, a pastor can and often will search for just the right word or phrase to adorn and explain a particular scriptural truth. Today, permit me to borrow and beg from the Holy Spirit himself, who told us exactly what it took. The word became flesh. The word became flesh. As one Frederick Beckner put it, the one who inhabits eternity comes to dwell in time. The one whom none can look upon and live is delivered in a stable under the soft indifferent gaze of cattle. This one becomes flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone in order to shed blood that he didn't have to own. In order to save a people he didn't have to save. That's in its essence, in its entirety, that's what it took. An offering so big, a sacrificial offering so big that it could pay a debt so deep and broad as the collective sins of every man who ever has or ever will exist. For you see, Christmas, Christmas isn't complete until Calvary. St. Paul said that. There's a verse in one of his letters to Timothy that goes simply this way. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world. That's Christmas. But that's not where the sentence ends. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But God couldn't be sacrificable, especially for us men, unless he wore and shared the flesh of our flesh. Early Christians prized this truth. Christmas wasn't marked and celebrated annually for years. And yet early Christians prized this truth. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, like us as brothers, that he might make propitiation for the sins of all the people. You know well every Christmas costs something. It costs. It costs you to provide what you so wish to provide for those you love. And sometimes that deep love is your good excuse to blow the budget. A little or maybe a lot. Things were no different with the first Christmas. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. God so loved the world that he sent forth his son, wrapped in our flesh, wearing a gift tag that said, as you heard the angel say, to all people. The word became our flesh and dwelt among us. And that's an interesting word too. He dwelt among us. You know in the Greek the word is eskenade. In it you hear the word skin. Eskenade. A drawn out definition of that word might be this. That he tented himself in skin to abide among us. 
At times that word is translated tabernacle. Tabernacles were skins in which you dwelt, in which you tent. Hence the dwelling sense of it. He dwelt in our flesh among us. He's not, you see, just Emmanuel, God with us for just a season. No, but the instant he assumed fetal flesh, he, from that point on, is and always will be one of us. Once incarnate, he never, ever, through endless ages upon ages of ages, once incarnate, never will he then be uncarnate. No, but as the word made flesh said and promised to you, lo, I am with you always. And that promise of always includes this Christmas. Whatever particular hopes or fears this Christmas bears, it includes this Christmas, for they all find their end in Him. In Him. That promise of always includes the coming year and whatever challenges it contains. It it includes the coming decade, which begins in a few days with 2010, and whatever tears of joy or sadness that certainly will be shed at the certain changes that the new decade certainly will bring. That promise of always most assuredly includes this very day, this very table, where the end of the incarnation, forgiveness through his flesh and blood, where the end of the incarnation comes to us by the means of his grace. So you see, God in the flesh is what it took. And God in the flesh, bearing to us what he in the flesh won for us on the cross, it's still what it takes. No other race, mark it well, friends, mark it well today. No other race of creature can marvel like you marvel today. And what you hear Jesus say to you, And what you have Jesus do here for you when he says, this is my body. And this is my blood. Which I have taken. Which I have given and which I have shed for you. My brothers of the flesh. Your being on the very receiving end of God's gift through his word and sacrament today. Is precisely What John meant when he concludes our text by saying, And from his fullness we have all received forgiveness as inexhaustibly deep and as high and as broad and as far and as full as God himself, as much as it takes. And then he adds this one thing, And grace upon grace. I admit that last phrase used to puzzle me. It used to puzzle me until I read a beautiful, a beautiful remark by a noted Lutheran author, commentator. A remark that can't help but stick with you today. Grace upon grace, he says it's like this. As the days come and go, a new supply takes the place of the grace already bestowed as wave follows upon Wave upon the ocean shore. You picture it in your mind as wave follows upon wave on the ocean shore. God's grace upon grace, never ending. 
inexhaustible for you. Christmas isn't complete until Calvary, and Calvary's not yours until he who was born for it delivers it to you. A Christmas present is nothing aside from that which is within. The wrapping and the ribbon and the bow, that's nothing if there's no substance within. At its essence, what Christmas really takes is that which Christmas gives. The Word became flesh. Blessed Christmas Day to all of you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have given us a new revelation of your glory, that seeing you in the person of your Son, we may know and love those things which are not seen. And therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and saying, sacrament. Deliver us from our sin and sustain us unto life everlasting. And hear us, Lord, as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
upon the cross, and for coming to us now to bear that forgiveness to us through your true body and blood, we give you, O Lord Jesus Christ, our thanks and praise. Enable us throughout our lives to share in the song of the angels, the joy of the shepherds, and the worship of the wise men, so that we may always reflect the light of your Christmas love, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit ever one God, world without end. Amen. Receive the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.